Let's give them something to talk yeah, about. Right. Talking about songs. Yeah, I love that that's how yeah. it sounds like. I hate that his ears oh. are cut off. <laughs> you say that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change that I do hate it. Alright, I've thrown my phone behind us. And it is time for the new episode of Song Thing to Talk About. I'm your host, Tom Schwaba, and with me is my older, smarter brother. Okay. Bad Schwaba. That's good, right? That's good. Is that good? Is that a good way to start the episode? I feel like it's a good way to start the episode. Yeah, we're doing a Turn On The Bright Lights by uh, Interpol. The, we the, sure? The song that uh, you always say to to listen to and imagine yourself in new york city after 9-11 and guess what today is well yeah i was i wasn't gonna date it but i don't really mind if you date the episode <laughs> oh it's okay because i will share some news with you this afternoon i got bored at work and figured out spotify hosting and stuff and i got us a fat discount because i have a dot edu email address <laughs> even oh, though yeah. this is not an educational podcast so, right now, I'm going to go on Spotify and do an inaugural search. Let's see if we have been uploaded already. Oh. Wait. Oh. Damn, you did um, it. I'm looking at podcasts, and it does not appear that we're there yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me put it in quotes so that, like, it'll, like, really know, you know? Yeah, I've put it in quotes. And it is just bringing us back to something to talk about by Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, that's what I'm getting to. Which, um, whoa, that's a song? Didn't know that existed. Whoa, who would have guessed? <laughs> uh, looks like there's also um, How to Talk About Yourself from the podcast Stoic Coffee Break. Six minutes and ten seconds. Oh, isn't that what you were on or something? Don't flex on your own deeds. What? Aren't you on a podcast? Yeah. But Not that yeah. one? Yeah. Well, actually, the way that I set this up was I uh, emailed my friend, who is the person who runs that podcast, and she told me where to go. So, oh, that's yeah. perfect. Anyways, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be up on Spotify, because that's how you'll be listening to it. Woo! Or yeah, Apple Music up. or the other ones. And it'll be the next 9-11. 9-11-2024. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, any any business you want to take care of? I know your band has been uh, rocking out. Yeah, dude, we just uh, recorded yesterday. It was insane. Uh, the guy just did a lot of magic and uh, made our song sound a lot better. And even put like a little um, little little like ornament at the end. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I heard this from a, a Spice Girls song, and I really liked it." And <laughs> It was really good. He kind of aced it. Sounds like that. you're working with like Rick Rubin out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had a vision. I was meditating and I realized that we should all close our eyes when we play. And then say something controversial. He hasn't been really saying anything good lately. Rick Rubin? Yeah. Oh no, what did he say? Yeah, <laughs> did he say that? Like, yeah, it was some kind of like racial stuff. That's not good. Oh, it's really not. 
Uh, okay, well, pretend that I didn't know. I mean, don't pretend because I didn't know. Anyways, uh, uh, so back, what were we talking about? 9-11? <laughs> Doing a little, uh, an abrupt change of topic by returning the conversation oh, ew, to 9-11. You know what's crazy? All right, we're going to play a little game that I just came up with right now. It's called Guess How Many People Died in 9-11. Oh, uh, something Cradshaw or whatever that Republican just had an Instagram post where he said that. It was a very, like, woke Instagram post. It was like, this how many, this is how many people died during 9-11. And this is how... Oh, it's Madison Cawthorn. Uh, he said, oh, all right, the, uh... Uh, yeah, the right-wing guy. The right-wing rapist guy. Yeah, oh, oh. Uh, anyways, he had an Instagram post that was a picture of 9-11, and uh, on the top I part, thought... it said, RIP to the 2,996 Americans. That's what that's what it said when I Googled it. That's what Madison Cawthorn, who is a trusty source, is telling me. And then at the bottom he says, RIP to the 1,455,590 innocent Muslims who died during the U.S. invasion for something they didn't do. And everyone's like, dang. Wow, that was cool <laughs> for someone who's literally evil. <laughs> yeah, all right, evil guy. Looks like you made a good point. Go off, evil guy. <laughs> yeah, there's some crazy stories about him basically uh, uh, like trying to be rapey. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. It's not good. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the album. Let's talk about the album. Uh, so the album is called Turn On The Bright Lights by Interpol. I didn't know it was their first album. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome um, back, everyone, to the podcast where we tell each other things, and then hopefully you get some stuff too, but we're mostly yeah. learning. <laughs> Please don't look up any of these albums on Spotify. Oh, sorry. I mean, Wikipedia, because then you will know more about the album than we do. <laughs> uh, some other things I know about this album is, uh, as you told me, and maybe we talked about in the last episode, the album cover is not a photo of a big, like, Maker's Mark bottle cap, but is actually a photo of a garage with lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to zoom in. Earlier today, I think that's still it. I I thought it was like uh, actually, you know, Budweiser Select. Do they still sell? Yeah, Buds. So back they they launched it in like two thousand and this awesome ad campaign that featured the Chemical Brothers. Don't look back. And there's like people jumping in a pool, and then like this logo came up, and the logo for Budweiser Select is very similar to the logo for Turn On the Bright Lights. Uh, it's got the dots which, at the top. It has dots. Uh, red circles apparently reminds me of a beer commercial from when I was 15 before <laughs> I had any inklings about how to drink alcohol, jump into pools, do rooftop parties, and be a cool 20-something. Yeah, you're just watching How I Met Your Mother, and then this commercial turns on, and you're like, oh, yes, <laughs> me as a 15-year-old. <laughs> Uh, actually, a really fun uh, cultural moment. So a lot of people my age were watching How I Met Your Mother mostly because it was, like, on TV. And it was getting to, like, the final seasons where we kept thinking it would reveal who the mother was. And so, like, I remember at my dorm, we would watch it. And then afterwards, two broke girls 
Girls would come on and everyone would go, ah, that show sucks. Then we'd watch it anyways because it was there. And I'm pretty sure that the only reason that Two Broke Girls made it like five seasons was because people would, it would accidentally be on and people would be watching it and then they'd be like, ha, 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 this show is really bad. They're and, trying to uh, figure out the mother. <laughs> yeah. I want to know who the mom is. I don't care about these two broke girls. And then the thing is, I never even figured out who the mother was because I stopped watching that show. Yeah, same. I watched so many seasons. Didn't even know. Still don't yeah. know. Still don't really care. I guess I'll look it up. Maybe it's Robin. Robin Thick. Interpol. All right. How do we yeah. start these? Uh, <laughs> that, was a very, that was such a Drew Carey topic change. He's shuffling his cards. He's getting them in order. Interpol, Interpol. Don't look at Wayne Brady, who is they cut away from him because he got a little bit too racy with the joke. <laughs> Uh, I actually, uh, um, did I tell this story on the podcast before? I learned what a G-string was because of Wayne Brady. <laughs> that sounds so odd, brand. <laughs> they were doing a joke, and then the punchline was G-string, and then Wayne Brady goes, I'm wearing a G-string right now. And then Drew Carey goes, no, you're not. And then he, like, pulls down his pants just, like, a centimeter and then pulls up, like, a very lacy-looking string. And he's like, yes, I am. And the crowd goes nuts. And I was, like, eight. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I like how, instead of laughing, Drew Carey was like, no, you're not. Like, this is all <laughs> improv. And he, yeah, he tested him. On, like, that seems like the most improv thing. Like, I would say that. But yeah. Actually, oh, my God. Can't believe he was actually wearing it. I'll Maybe bet I you can. there's a YouTube video of it, but like, like it's probably like you know video capture of a 480p video. So just like Wayne Brady moves a square that is his arm, and then there's a lighter square that shows up. <laughs> oh. uh, okay, so yeah, turn on the bright lights. How did you like this one? You know what? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, like when I was listening to this album just on my own before this podcast, uh, I liked the album just like generally i was like all right whatever and then i loved pda like pda was one of my favorite songs i think that was thanks to rock band 2 also it was in <laughs> rock band 2 yeah <laughs> um yeah no i really like it uh giving it a thorough listen and like reading into the lyrics and stuff uh really helped me out enjoying it what were your thoughts uh i actually i didn't like, I know people talked about this album, but then I, like, looked up stuff, and, like, when it came out, people were, like, going nuts. Like, Pitchfork called this, like, the best album of 2002, like, the yeah. best number one one. And uh, then I was uh, chilling around. Actually, I learned about that because I watched an Anthony Fantano music video after I had assigned this homework for us, where he's, like, ranking Pitchfork's top things. And he's, like, turn on the bright lights. I didn't like this one. And I'm, like, whoa. Uh, now there's a lot of opinion. It's one of those things where when you see, hear the words, then you see it everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, this came into my sphere a little bit, which now you can't tell if it's coming into your sphere because your phone listened to you, or whether it's because of actually the effect of, like, you've learned that thing and now you recognize it. Um, yeah. But I went from, so I used to like this album a lot, but I mostly listen to the singles. And now going through it like album style, I think it's pretty darn cohesive. I don't think it's perfect, but I liked it. If someone's like, I'm going to put this album on, I'd be like, cool. 
Yeah, it's very uh, coherent. Um, it kind of doesn't change too much. So if you put this album on in like the background, it'd be very easy to listen to, and you wouldn't really feel nervous about it being too abrasive or doesn't fit in with like the the I don't know the vibe or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's not maybe at some points we'll get too. What? It's not abrasive at any point. I don't think. No. Yeah, I guess it just kind of gets like more and more sad as you gotta go along, but. I mean, yeah. it's kind of fine. It's only sad if you, like, really think about... Like, I was I was listening to it right before I came here, and it's just completely raining outside. Uh, the bus actually... Oh, it's raining over me. here, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're close now. You're no longer in Tejas. But, oh, yeah, the bus skipped on me, so it took me a while to get here. And oh, then, did you have to catch the next bus, and it was, like, a 15-minuter? Oh, my God. It says 7, and I'm like, I know it's not 7. It's but not I'll write the 7. And I waited like 20 minutes, yeah. And oh, then, so I okay, got a really loud new keyboard, so I'm going to search turn on the bright lights to look up the track listing, and you can probably hear it at home. Oh. Wait, have you started typing? I can't hear you. Well, uh, could you? Yeah, well, I, I could definitely I, hear you. Well, okay, well, the thing is, is it's one of those Bluetooth keyboards, so it turned off, so we got the, word, the last few letters of lights. That's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I learned all about different keyboards to get a fancy keyboard, and I like the one with the clickiest possible keys. Oh, it just feels so good. Dude, when we were sleeping in the same room when we were younger, uh, you would just be on uh, the computer. Oh, we had a work bed. Listeners. Yeah, yeah, listeners, yeah. We're not in the same bed, just same room. <laughs> oh, no. I, I was trying to brag to the listeners that we had a bunk bed. It's cool to oh. have a bunk bed. <laughs> You would type on a computer that was the loudest thing possible. And it was like 30 minutes after. It was like 9.30. So I'm like trying to sleep as a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the coolest, maybe the best moment of my life was that I somehow like won a computer when I was in like third grade, which set me up for a lifetime of just being on the computer, which is cool because now my job is being on the computer. I'm practiced. Um, I'm kind of jealous you had a computer that early. I was just, I remember just like, oh, I want to buy myself a computer, but I don't have enough money. I wish I won it like you. Yeah, I was over here playing backyard football, roller coaster tycoon. I was downloading modded animals on Zoo Tycoon that would break my game. <laughs> Sick. Just horrible. Also, they like didn't animate the modded animal right on Zoo Tycoon, so they just kind of like there'd be like a a horizontal version, and then, like, a, the other isomorphic direction horizontal version. And it would just kind of, like, teleport around the map. Okay, anyways. Um, uh, so, like you said, it gets sadder over time. And I'm realizing now that, right, you've got the singles placed in, in tracks two and four. And then you've got kind of some boppy ones out in six and seven. But then, yeah, eight through 11 are all kind of... They're not really longer, but they're more like we're going on a journey type of songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which one like, do you think? Let's let's start it off with what your least favorite one is. Ooh, I absolutely hate Stella as a diver, and she's always down. So they you know what? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, go off. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm going off. So they start off the track with like, look, we're doing like, it's, it's like we're at a live show, even though we're clearly not. Um, so that's like already you get some pretentious points. Second of all, what? come on, all the other tracks on this album that have multiple words, they capitalize it. Stella was a diver and she was always down. Oh, look, we've got a long title even before like emo hit mainstream stuff, right? That would be like... Fall Out Boy and Panic in the Disco was like a few years off. Um, the song is long, and also my big criticism is the guitar on this song sounds like me when I am playing guitar, and I don't know how to play a guitar. It's like they oh, play four yeah. notes, and the notes aren't even, like, the, the amplification pedal is doing all of the work. So it's like, do, new, 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 new. It's like if you're just playing open strings. Does yeah. that make sense? No, definitely. Yeah. And it's not like music has to be complex to be interesting, but this is like, it's not four chords of awesome simplicity. It's like this other weird simplicity. Uh, and I hated this song. And it was six and a half minutes long. It does nothing. Nothing happens in the whole song. It's just like, look, I'm a sad guy in New York. 9-11 just happened. Dude, okay. For my same reason that I don't like a song, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't. My least favorite song was Leif Erikson, the last one. For mm-hmm. kind of the same thing, because don't still don't understand. I even looked it up. Don't know why they called it Leif Erikson. It's just I don't. I don't. I, you could go without the song because I think the new. I think that's a pretty solid closer. I think it's a really good song. Yeah. I think it's a good just end. I, on I that. think the, the new. Is the, I think the new is the best song on the album. Um, oh. I think that it it has this great second half where they're doing the string bending and they're like singing like in a more unhinged way. It's also like they're singing about night, which like is a great thematic closing to an album, right? Like classic thing, you know, you have a long song at the end, you talk about night, you talk about rebirth, you talk about um, things coming to an end, like classic stuff. Um, yeah. Also the new, like, last track new like but then it's old because it's the end of the album like it's perfectly positioned for a closer and then yeah you've got whatever what did you also think it should have been a closer yeah 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 that's kind of why i did that kind of helped out with it also i just like i I don't get it there's no point to it i don't understand it and Throughout the whole album, my, my main gripe is that they say a lot of stuff in there where it's like, okay, did you just kind of put together some words and it comes out poetic? Or did you actually some, mean something poetic? And then, it, but they could kind of like carry carry that through the whole album without you actually knowing which is which. Like if they're actually faking it or if they're actually doing it, you, you kind of assume that they're doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. And then they throw at you Leif Erikson. Doesn't make any sense. And it's just random. And I'm like, oh, maybe they really don't know what they were doing throughout the album. It just decredits them. Yeah, that's, I like that. Where it's like, you made this one decision that was so bad. Uh, I think that's how I feel about some movies where I'm like, oh, this is genius. And I'm like, oh no, it's not genius. The reason why it feels incomplete and thus demands more attention is because you didn't try. (laughs) All right, so I am looking up, uh, okay. (laughs) So uh, Turn on the Bright Lights was recorded in November, 2001. And the Bubble Buddy episode of SpongeBob where they mentioned today is Leif Erikson Day 
aired in February of 2001. So it is entirely plausible and perhaps even likely that they draw their title, Leif Erikson, from the episode of SpongeBob where they talk about Leif Erikson Day. So, okay, that actually does make a lot of sense because the, who's the, who's the main singer? Who's the guy who, yeah, who's I don't the know. singer? Whatever, Baker, I think? In, Whatever. Inspector Clouseau? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he, that's, um, that's an Interpol joke. <laughs> he, uh, so I was looking up Hands Away because I was like kind of trying to look into that song. I'm like, hmm, is this going to be my least favorite song? Like, it's just kind of like a, weary kind of thing doesn't have a lot of lyrics but the one lyric that it has is um like something to do with a ham it just says like it's here i will read you the lyrics because they're about like five of them will you put my hands away will you be my man serve it up don't wait let's see about this ham Oh, what happened? Oh, what happened? Homespun, desperations knowing, inside your cover's always blown. But what about, let's see about this ham. I don't get that. Everything else, you can just kind of be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, blow out the cover, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Let's see about this ham. And so I looked that one up, right? The same thing I did with Leif Erikson. Uh, apparently he's like, yeah, no one really understands my sense of humor. This is actually just about a homosexual who enjoys bonding. I was like, oh. This is a very sad song and everything. And Wait, that so that, that again that again gets at the they're dumb and they did this on accident. <laughs> All right. Okay, wait, can I tell you a story? I'm increasingly I'm coming up on this theory. Okay, so here's here's I got some more out, more ingredients for this theory. One of them is that I really like the simplistic guitar because uh, it seems to me like a very vibes-based like generator. Like so many of these kind of have like a hypnotic sort of element to that. But hypnotism and like a groove can also be read as just not having ideas and doing something repetitively. And also they got a lot of success with this album and all of their future albums, or at least I listen to the next one, Antics, all of the songs on Antics sound like they're like, oh, people like Obstacle One. Let's make a nice short jaunty pop song that like sounds like proto Vampire Weekend with you know like well we're from New York bbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbb
I gotta find that ingredient. So good. Um, yeah, man. Sometimes, right? You'll just say something. Not not you, not me, but one will just say something, and then there's like a, a accidental poignancy to it. But you need to be around someone for them to be like, "Whoa, mind blown!" You know. <laughs> Uh, or also just be like, hmm, I don't know, maybe it's the cream or the ice, you know, and <laughs> just kind of keep eating your, your way towards obliviousness. Right. Like if it wasn't for her to be like, wow, that was so stupid. then I would never hear it. She definitely had, she found it out. She, she curated it for me. <laughs> ah, curated friendship. Um, can you tell me and the listeners about your favorite song? All right, folks, I I was going to give you a song that wasn't PDA, but I'm giving you PDA. It's PDA. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I don't like what, Why do you like it? What, what, what parts hit? I, I, I'm unfortunately a classic, like, I think at the end of the day, just love a big catchy pop song. And Obstacle 1 is kind of cool, but it's, it's more for the Interpol fans of kind of having like some grunge to it, some... Some kind of like, oh yeah, like a little bit of pretentious, a little hipster-esque, you know. But PDA is just like, it's got that, but it's more, I don't know, more funny. Funny. Here, here is my um, uh, analogy. Obstacle 1 is like the 311 songs on their early albums where they're like just trying to get to the rappy verses again. Like, come original. Mm. Come original, got to come, and then they go like skibbity boo, and I'm like, whoa, okay. And then PDA is more like the later 311 where they sing, and you're like, oh shoot, these guys can do some insane vocal harmonies. And I actually like the later 311, even though the earlier 311 is the more popular stuff. Yeah, are you talking about like Amber? Where was Amber in all this? Uh, I think Amber. I'm totally just making this up right now. In my head, Amber is the song that was on one of their, like, middle albums that got really popular and was sort of why they transitioned to a more chill vibe. Oh, uh, well, okay. I was going to say, oh, as if that's kind of a good point. And they had it in, no, I'm just going on the greatest hits. 311's old enough that it has a greatest hits. It's kind of cool. Okay, 311's greatest hits is really good. Like, they have so many albums, and each of their albums has so few good songs that their greatest hits album functions as the only album you need of theirs. And they have some good live cuts that I listened to for whatever reason when I was in high school that were all like, dude, we're all getting stoned. And I was like, haha, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, you are pretty much right. It is, like, in the exact middle. They're still releasing stuff. Yeah. Maybe I'll stick around for their second greatest hits. But would you agree that, like, Obstacle 1 has that sort of punchiness to it, whereas PDA's got more of a flow? Yeah. PDA's a lot easier to listen to. And Obstacle 1's cooler. But PDA is, is, I don't know. I think it's just so hard ingrained in my brain. Like, as soon as the first drums happened in that song, I'm like, oh, let's go. I don't even need to think about this song. <laughs> uh, easy the, brain the, my way through their easy brains. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the drums on Obstacle 1, PDA, and uh, the their first track, Untitled, are nice and really, like, 
thoughtful. And then for the yeah. rest of the album, to me, the guitar was really what brought it home. And so it seems like like the combination is like when both the drummer and the guitarist roll a crit, they have a hit. But like you only one of them is rolling a high number at once. I don't don't sleep on the bassist here because he definitely. I mean, if the drums are good, the bass is good. That's kind of I I felt those were two were hand in hand. But you are right. Towards the end, it was it was mainly guitar that was carrying it. In my head, the bassist on this album is just kind of playing the root note of whatever the guitar is doing. Is that not true? Obstacle One had some really cool bass part. Um, oh. NYC definitely. NYC was definitely only drums and kind of. You're right. Bass didn't really about too much. I mean, I mean, NYC was just like a weird time signature. So it's just like, okay, I guess we'll appreciate the drummer on this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's keeping time, and it's not the normal time. Yeah. Uh, also, I think I would be remiss if I didn't say this album is pretentious as fuck. It is so pretentious. You know these guys think that they are the saddest, coolest, most misunderstood people, and you know that they, like, were really into skinny jeans earlier than other people were. <laughs> you haven't said the blank before other people. That's like... I have... I have no idea what anyone in this band looks like, but I know they were wearing really, really skinny jeans that were probably black. Oh, I'm still on 311. I was looking at the 311 guys at the top of my Spotify. Yeah. And they look like 311. Yeah, the 311 guys are... They're pretty classic looking. They look like sand. <laughs> Every one of them also looked like they could have played in Soundgarden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, hey, I'm the bassist for Soundgarden. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know who the bassist was in that band. Well, that's kind of cool that 311 was around that time but didn't really have any of the new metal stuff. Actually, I don't know. Did, I didn't really no, 311 totally did have the... They had the, they had the super, like, uh, I don't know what it is because I don't play guitar, like the overdrive-y stuff where it's like... You know, it's like where, where the, the, the guitar sounds like it starts with the letter J. J, 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 instead of na, na, na. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do now. I thought you were spelling guitar with a J, because sometimes I get G and J mixed up. <laughs> yeah, this guy spells guitar with a J. That's how you know his band is new metal. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, speaking they... of new metal um, and things that are so dumb that makes you think, Korn claimed in like 2009 in like an interview with like who cares magazine that they invented dubstep not scrollax which is just an astoundingly like dumb smart quote like what is what do you think dubstep is corn if you think you invented it and that's kind of brutal <laughs> and, and scrollax didn't brain, invent dubstep either but that's like beside the point the important part is that what is corn think are doing the way I mean, I get what they're saying. Maybe they... Well, it's like electronic? That... It's not! <laughs> I don't... Yeah, no clue. Dubstep's, dubstep's like also halftime sounding. Nothing Korn ever did sounded like it was halftime. Korn just played songs. I love Korn, by the way. But they <laughs> they invented dubstep in the same way that like 
you know, I invented wearing a crop top. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I had to pull that out from somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I was I was struggling with an analogy also. Wait, so, okay, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, mine's the new. Oh, Honestly, I think that the new, uh, the, the first half of it's kind of whatever, but, like, it kind of puts you to sleep because then they do, like, the string-bendy solos, the boing. I've been listening to a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers, and by that, I mean smashing the wrong vegetable. Um... Uh, but anyways, I've been listening to a lot of Smashing Pumpkins, and their string bendy, the boo-wee-oo, is like, uh, really, I'm, I'm tuned into it. I'm listening to all the string bendiness, and in the new, there's like this guitar solo where it's like boring and simplistic, but the vibes are immaculate because like, you can hear the guitar going askew, and then you can hear the singing going, we're feeling all right tonight. You know, yeah. he like sings it, like he string bends his voice to sound flat on purpose. And that's genius. Or it's bad. Uh, I no, love no, it. That's cool. That No, that is definitively cool. I, I love playing. Because it sounds like things going wrong. The guitar love, solo and then the words. I love when you, when some other instrument matches an instrument. That's doing something that's pseudo like improvised, like on Kamasi Wakuten's album. They always have like a solo, right? And like when he gets to the highest note, like everyone also plays that high note with them, and then the guy mm. continues soloing, but and then everyone just stops. I'm like, yeah, they like practice that enough. Like that's fine. Like we don't need totally improvised solos at this point in jazz. Like you just play the top note, and then everyone saw it coming, so they played it too. Because you've just been playing the same solo all the time. Whatever, it sounded cool. <laughs> all right, Kamasi, we know we got your uh, what's it called pentatonic scales going on. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> hey, don't say that uh, too loud, or else my band will hear it and then use it again, or I'll use it again. <laughs> You've been going pentatonic with it? It's like, it's pretty much just using the catchy notes. That's all it is. Oh. Why don't you play instead for your band all the bad notes that sound bad that nobody likes? Yeah, we tried We tried to do that one time. And then we were like, wow, that just sounds bad to play it like that. <laughs> Especially in this poppy genre. <laughs> I, I am in the process of getting together my bachelor party. Um... And one thing that I think I'm going to force everyone to do is listen to the entirety of Trout Mask Replica. <laughs> this is the one time where I have unlimited power over everybody. Is it on Spotify? It keeps coming on and off of Spotify. It's not on Spotify right now, but it was like a month ago. Right. I had a flash drive that had, that had it, so it's on my computer <laughs> somewhere. I got them to play it over uh, the, like, whatever, bar PA system at the Hole in the Wall Bar in Austin, which actually has a famous mural of Bob Dylan painted on the side. And uh, everyone was upset with me, and then the person turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was going for. Were you inebriated? Yes. <laughs> also, uh, that was when I learned what a plethysmograph is. Oh. From who? From just a guy at the bar? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, from someone who does research using it. Do you know what it is? 
No, and also, were you talking to them at the bar? Yeah. Oh, cool. A I, oh, sorry, for some reason, I thought you were on your phone at the bar. That's very offensive. <laughs> just um, you at this bar, just putting on bad music, and then going back to your phone and looking up <laughs> like research stuff. Well, I have I have done that before. Um, a plethysmograph uh, measures uh, the amount of blood flow to your penis. Yeah. It's all right. I talked about um, the homosexual guy who likes to get hands away bondage song. I mean, I think what scans as weird is you calling the guy homosexual in this like weird <laughs> slow way instead of saying like the gay guy. Well, Rap Genius said homosexual man. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yes, the correct You were playing up Interpol lyrics on Rap Genius? <laughs> I wanted to look up what he meant by ham. Oh, oh sorry. It hasn't I been called rap genius for a long time now. Oh, sorry. Genius, whatever. Yeah, they, it's all music now. Now it's not Now it's not bad that you looked it up there. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it, apparently ham in this song refers to his plasythmograph uh, thing. What is it called? <laughs> no, that was right. No way. Plathysmograph? Yeah. Nice. I'm really bad with words. If I could just repeat something, even after like five seconds it's been already said to me, uh, that's impressive. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to never remember any of my students' names and just profusely apologize the whole time. <laughs> um, hey, all what right, do you get? so it's... Yeah, rate, rate it. Oh! <laughs> uh... uh Okay, I'll go first with the rating. I have that this album is overall a 6.5. But if a lot of the things they were doing that I liked weren't on purpose, I would give it a 6.5 because honestly, my enjoyment shouldn't depend on their intentions. Yeah, that's cool. I am the ultimate reader of this text. Nice. Yeah, I honestly was going to ask you, like, did, did talking and like sharing your opinions with me in this call affect it at all? Because I, I was going to say I mean, six, and then like when we kind of realized together, we're like, wait, wait, what? What were they doing? <laughs> that it's like okay, but I still I, I kind of agree with you. It's like uh, whatever. I mean, it it brings up like this big point, right? That like to what extent is the artist's intention part of it? Even if the artist gets something or if the readers get something great out of it, and my answer is. I unironically think The Room is my favorite movie because it is hilarious to me. And most of the things that are hilarious weren't supposed to be hilarious. That doesn't mean that they're not hilarious. It makes me like it just as much. A, a quest to find that ingredient in ice cream that makes it so delicious is also so funny to me. I don't, <laughs> I will never think of something like that. And to that, I have such great appreciation for it. All right, yeah. so you're giving it a 6. I'm giving it a 6.5. Yeah, it's not really my genre, kind of. It kind of all blended no, it's not together. Mine it's, yeah, it's too meh. But we needed to do it for the for the culture. Yeah, for the culture. Episode 3. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, what should we do for the next one? Oh, wait, wait. We got Tom's uh, song. Well, actually, I don't know. I didn't really have anything prepared. I just listened to... Um, Turnstiles and Bad Bad Not Good, uh, a little 
like three song EP that they had together. I don't know when they released it. What they did an EP together? Yeah, just three songs. It's not an EP. It's just like remixes or covers of Turnstile songs. Only it's bad, bad, not good personnel on them, and they changed up some of the stuff. It sounds really cool. That's awesome. I love that. And it sounds like if you mix Turnstile and bad, bad, not good. Yeah, it's like oh, a black and white. Alien Love Call, Underwater Boy. Okay. Yeah, that's Tom's song corner. Um, wow. I uh, don't know. Not... I don't know what we're gonna do next week, and but I hate that we decide during the episode. You have to decide here. Oh, 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 oh! I have um, I have Ted's song corner. Uh, Fuerza Regida is uh, I don't know. They're just kind of like. A bunch of different like Mexican Southwest California sounds together, Who's and this? uh, they, they freaking rock. Fuerza Regida, um, they Who's have an album that came out in 2022 called Paque Ablen, and uh, it's all good. You spell it F U E R Z A Fuerza. Regida, R-E-G-I-D-A. Listen to their album, Pac K. Hoblin. So, you want to? Uh, you want to do that? song on the album is yeah. Let's do. Let's do that. <laughs> let's do it. Honestly, it it's pretty sweet. The thing is, no one's gonna listen to the episodes that we do for albums that they've never heard of. And although these songs are mega popular. Like, uh, the most popular song. Okay, I'm on Spotify. Yeah, 327 got, million views. They got nine digits. Um, oh. Yeah, they're in They're in the yeah. nine digits. But they're not in the uh, white boy from Chicago nine digits. But let's get it there. Let's, let's pump this up. Oh, oh, one more thing I want to say about the Interpol album. It's so nice that it was only 48 minutes. I can yeah. imagine a version of that album that was a double album that just made me want to, like, Go somewhere else. (laughs) I was thinking about like that. Would you enjoy seeing them in concert? Because I don't really know if I would. No, I wouldn't. No, no, no. That'd be horrible. Wait, let's not do. Let's not do this album. Let's do like a popular album that people will listen to our podcast. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, oh, I listened to Zach Bryan, the country. Oh, did you like that? Should we listen to that? Oh, Claire would probably want to be on the episode if we do it. Does she like Zach Bryan a lot? Let's let's do the new Zach Bryan album. Yeah, he just got arrested, which is cool. Yeah, he's like, cool. I love cops. I'm like, say less, dude. Please say less, but not in the way that people say say less. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did he say? He likes cops. Yeah, he got like he got arrested a couple days ago for basically like yelling at a police officer, and he was like, yeah. I'm so sorry. I love our police officers, and I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> It was cool that you got arrested for yelling at the police officers. <laughs> uh, not in his line of business. He can't be saying that. Yeah. It's so funny how in country music it's just completely different. Like Jason yeah, Aldean to... just singing about just, what? <laughs> yeah, that song is so... I, I was like, oh, this can't be that bad. And then it came on in the radio, and I'm like, he literally is like saying, like, try being around me, black people. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the new Zach Bryan album. Cool. Let's do it. All right. All right, nice work. 
Nice work. Uh, bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>